Hello and welcome everyone to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to, dis- to discuss today's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by my good friends and GVD- GVG co-founders, Ash Holson and Steve Bowling. And uh, we're also joined by our very special guest, the great Clement. Welcome, good sir. Aloha, how you doing? Doing pretty well, doing pretty well. Now, before we get into the episode itself, we do have a uh, sponsor for tonight. We have uh, somebody paid for that tier on our Patreon, which is simply insane. And we got to give a special uh, ad read for Michael Phone, who says in uh, their copy, Are you tired with the negativity in games coverage? Are you looking for a new game to play? Well, good news! Microphone is starting a new series of finding all the good in media that's considered underrated, forgotten, or downright mediocre. The first two episodes have been released talking about Dead Island and everybody's favorite... Bobcat, but everybody, yeah, everybody's favorite Bobcat, Bubsy. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and once the channel hits 2,500 subscribers, there will be a very special episode on the Fast and Furious Crossroads, just right straight down <laughs> Ash's <Yes>. alley. Yes, <laughs> nice. So you can go to Michael Phone on YouTube or click the link in, that we'll have in the description. So definitely check that out and finding the good in. Bubsy. Good luck. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, you know, I, fun, I, fun fact. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. <clears throat> I was going to say, I love the channel concept. Like uh, somebody, yeah, somebody in our Patreon mentioned that this, or in our Discord mentioned that this would be a great idea to like take a game that is widely considered to be bad and find what the good parts of that game are. And I think that's a really cool take to have because there are, Same. Uh, you know, good things in bad games. So I, I'm down. I'd love to see it. I, I also want to see the uh, the uh, crossroads video. If that, if you know, Me we too. Can get him to 2,500. <laughs> so go sub to Michael Phone. He definitely deserves it. He's a great guy. Deserves your support. Uh, and thank you. And that was uh, that was also a similar idea. It was recently suggested on our on our subreddit too. And uh, I think it's a great idea. And I love what you're doing with that, Michael Phone. Mm-hmm. Very cool idea. Um, funny story. Fun fact. Uh, one of the very few dark marks on my dad's voiceover career is the fact that he was Bubsy in Bubsy 3D. <laughs> yeah. One of the very few. Couldn't that be considered one of the positive <laughs> things about Bubsy? The, the uh, that Rob could be. Paulson that could be. That could maybe be the one positive thing about Bubsy <laughs> is that uh, my dad did his voice, at least for one of the games. But, uh, also but yeah, the, no, I think it's a great concept. cartoon pilot as well, I believe, right? I forgot they made that. Yeah, yeah. there was a cartoon pilot as well. <laughs> he did do that. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. So I guess if there is one good thing about Bubsy, that's probably it. <laughs> it was a fine um, performance of a very terrible game. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But what have you been up to lately, Clement? How have you been? Oh, not much. I've just been enjoying the cold winter of Canada, you know. <laughs> mm. Been doing a lot of editing, just been glued to the TV because, you know, the news and uh <laughs> what news <laughs> yeah it's been yeah, the evil is totally gone. normal day yeah the evil has been defeated <laughs> finally just just some stuff uh, happening at the capitol you know nothing crazy but uh yeah no big deal otherwise i've just been kind of relaxing for a bit just trying to get used to 2021 uh we, my town's been in lockdown for a while so i haven't really been going out much doing anything mm. it's like every time i want to exercise i just play we fit 
And I know some people are going to be asking, why aren't you playing Ring Fit Adventure for the Switch? And it's just like, I got Wii Fit for like 10 bucks at like a, a thrift store. And it had the, 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 the pad and everything. So I just figured like, mm. well, it's 10 bucks. I might as well buy it and start playing it. And uh, it did help me lose weight. It has been a fun schedule. So, you know, that's what I've been doing. I saw that you had lost a lot of weight thanks to that. that that's pretty awesome in itself. Because yeah. uh, I know Ring cool. Fit, the little bit I played it, it kicked my ass. <laughs> I think, yeah. uh, Clement, you're a much stronger person than I am. Because I remember <laughs> about 50 pounds ago, <laughs> ju- jumping on a Wii Fit. And they do this thing where if you've gained weight since the last time you played Wii Fit, they make your me get fatter. They like show your me <laughs> yeah. actually That's expand so in up. size, and I'm like, "Yep, nope." And I just turned it off. I was like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember Nintendo got in some hot water with Wii Fit because kids were like, you know, it was calling kids fat. Essentially, you know, they they'd start, <laughs> you know, they would take your BMI and then call you a certain, you know, and put you in a certain tier depending on your BMI or whatever, and that that got some backlash. Which you know, and I can B- understand why. That's uh, yeah. and the BMI is not really a good like a way to measure how healthy or how fit you are, really. I've been using it to measure my weight, mostly, just, like, how much pounds I've actually lost. But when it comes to, like, the BMI, you know, I could be super muscular and it would say I'm obese. So I wouldn't go by that specific uh, reading, you know? Right, exactly. Oh, God, Um, Eddie Beals in the chat mentions, the game also says oof when you step onto the balance board. That's so oh. messed up. Oh, no. The, the balance so is alive. Up. The, the board is alive, and it comments when you step on it. I don't know. <laughs> Jacob U says, my sister made herself 6'3", so that we fit wouldn't call her fat. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't need a video game telling me I'm fat. That's awful. Jeez. Like, I already know. Like, that's why I'm playing the game. It's like, I already know I need to lose weight. I don't need a video game making me feel terrible about it. Um, so I couldn't, uh, Clement, I can't, uh, can't help but notice your awesome, awesome Scott Pilgrim poster back there. I, too, oh, yes. am a diehard Scott Pilgrim fan. And uh, that, seeing that reminds me uh, of, a, of a fun story or a little anecdote. I used to work at Udon Entertainment, the art book publisher. Uh, you know, video game art books, anime art books. And uh, one of the guys I worked with is a friend uh, of Brian Lee O'Malley's, who oh, wow. is the real life, uh, like the real life Wallace Wells. Basically, Brian Lee O'Malley based Wallace on this colleague that I used to work with. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, so I, my, I can I can say that I have uh, I've worked very closely for years or I used to for years with the real life Wallace Wells. That's kind of awesome. Uh, I'm just a right, yeah, no, and, I, and I'm just, I'm just a massive Scott Pilgrim fan in general. So, did it actually match up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, does he seem like Wallace? Yes, yes. I and, and I'm not going to say his, I'm not going to say his name because he likes to keep it on the down low. He kind of right, doesn't right. like to, but yes, I can. <laughs> yes, he's very much Wallace in real life. He does steal girlfriends, uh, boyfriends from them. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. I love Kieran Culkin's performance in Scott. Pilgrim. Oh, so good. Is so good. Just right? the way he reads off those lines, it's like, uh, you know, do you see any of the beds in here? And just look around the room. It's like, nope, you're still totally my bitch. <laughs> just the way he's so good. Line reads that it's not so a race, good. guys. Now I need see. I need to watch that movie again. <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah. 
Uh, I I still need to play uh, Scott Pilgrim. Got a code, just need to play it. Yeah, um, just so worth time. your time. It holds up really, really well. Mm-hmm. Though I have a feeling it does. I... About that is in our future. I think you're just a little too much. Pretty grinding. faithful to the original. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, I, I think I, I think the, it's it's a weird thing where the game is really fun, but the 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 difficulty and power balance it, it just there's a little bit too much grinding to get over that initial hump to where it starts really opening up. But once it does, the game just flourishes and becomes so much more fun. And there are yeah. there are fast grinding way. There are tricks you can use to get fast money and, and yeah. uh, thus level in, up. In response quickly. to Dusk Mirage in the chat, all the cheat codes are still there. So if you know mm-hmm. the cheat codes from the old one, uh, the only one that doesn't really map in the same way is the noble sacrifice cheat, which is right. somewhat different. Like uh, if I remember correctly, on the Xbox 360, you had to hold L, L, left trigger and right trigger. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's totally different on the Switch in terms of the buttons you have to hold, but you still do the Konami code to get it. Right, oh, nice. and it does work because I've been abusing it, and I can tell you for sure that Hell, it does yeah. work. Yeah, there's there's something um, about those beat 'em ups with levels that uh, the difficulty balance is a little tricky because I, I remember going through that same, same sort of thing where uh, early on River City Girls felt really hard. Yeah, uh, yeah, but when you finally get levels and get the stuff buffed up, it's like, oh, okay, now we now we got a good balance. But it has a yeah. bit of a slow grind to that point. Did you did you play that one, Clement? Yeah. I loved River City Girls. It was awesome. Um, it, it definitely, I think Streets of Rage 4 is probably my favorite of all the recent beat-em-ups that have come out lately because yes. Streets of Rage oh, 4, yeah. that's, a, that's a game you can just kind of jump into and you don't have to worry about RPG elements. You don't have to worry about visiting the shop and collecting money and stuff. You just go in and you just beat up people and that's so friggin' fun. Um, and River City Girls, yeah, there's a level-up feature. You do have to buy things in shops and that's how Scott Pilgrim is as well. And I still like those games for what they are, but uh, sometimes you just want the simplicity of yeah. just jumping in, fighting, and then that's it. So, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Wolf X Blake in the chat says, I'm shocked Scott Pilgrim doesn't have a Mega Man reference. Well, it does, actually. It has a couple. It has uh, many, just off the top so of my head many. in the game. <laughs> yeah, so many. Uh, there's an E-Tank item in the game, and there's also uh, the last level, or one of the last levels in the game has... Uh, like blood dripping from the from the ceiling, and that's like a yeah. reference to Mega Man 2's final area where there's uh like what is it, acid I guess or whatever drop yeah something dropping from the ceiling little mm-hmm. drips of creepy liquid. Uh, so there those are just two off the top of my head, but there are plenty of Mega Man references, and I'm sure you know a few more, Clement. Uh, when you win a stage with Scott, Scott beams out like Mega Man. He turns into a beam right. of light and yep. zips out. Yep, um, <laughs> he does. The very final thing you do to Gideon Graves, the very final thing, like. You fight him, and it turns out he's actually a robot, and then it pulls back, oh, and it's right. in a hologram the whole time, and he's been yep. operating the thing, and then and then once you defeat him, he just goes, please forgive me. It's, so, it's yeah. like beat for beat Mega Man 2's ending. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of Mega Man stuff in there. You just have to know where to look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Exactly. Just gotta know him. But let's go ahead and get to our news topics, as it's been kind of... Uh, New, there's a lot of news coming out lately. Yeah. It's kind of been kind of insane. And perhaps the biggest that happened this week is just recent. Uh, it just happened recently because a new Zelda Ocarina of Time beta build with the Space World 97 assets has been unearthed. And I was actually, when I first saw this, I'm like, ah, oh, they finally found out more stuff from the uh, Giga League. And no, 
Uh, it was from a disc that was found. Uh, there's not much code or music, just graphics and maps. Um, and they've released dumped map files from the build and just tons and tons of assets. A lot of stuff from here that um, was shown in magazines back in the day. And uh, now it's like we have context for it. They even have like the old map of Hyrule that was going to be a thing in the game. Uh, early builds of Kakariko and the graveyard. Uh, just placements of things. It is wild to look at from a yeah. development standpoint and how it all kind of built out from there. And this thing is a treasure trove of just awesome crap. Yes. <laughs> you know? It's so cool. Like there's so much here that's just that is so great for Zelda and gaming historians, and it's just I mean I, I'm immediately I'm noticing how like the um, the medallions are differently colored, or at least a couple of them are. Uh, it's it looks as though there is a like a special arrow for each medallion or for each whatever for each element, I guess. Mm-hmm. That uh, like there's so much interesting stuff here, and uh, I just love it. Yeah, this this is incredible first off i love the fact that we can talk about this without restraint because it was obtained legally as derek mentioned it's not stolen Mm -hmm. from nintendo it's not leaked somebody got a dev cart that had f-zero on it and found this in the overdump of the cart like if, if you don't know development carts have way more memory than a real one so that developers can test builds you know like that aren't optimized yet and so they just found like unfinished Zelda 64 data sitting like off to the side of this F-Zero. Like one, I I can't even imagine the elation that these folks felt when they got this and found like the holy grail of N64 development stuff on there. The other part, um, because you have to be old (laughs) to contextualize (laughs) this, is that... Um, you know, I saw someone asking Mega Conrad if this was for the 64DD version of Zelda. No, this is way earlier than that. Uh, so if you were reading like EGM back in the day or like you Nintendo Power previews of what was then just called Zelda 64, this is where all these screenshots that no longer yeah. make sense in the context of the original game come from. Like Link with brown sleeves, a uh, a Kakariko graveyard just looking like a like a boring ass line of graves. <laughs> you know, uh, Lake Hylia just being like a lake with a house and a dock. Like all this early <laughs> stuff that you know I remember being a kid and following this super closely, Same. and then getting the game and being like. Where's all the stuff I saw in all the magazines? Like, none of it's here. I love what I have, but this is a different game. And so, you know, and and it even validates fan theories. Like, people thought, you know, oh, you could get the Medallion of Light and use it for magic. You could get the Triforce, you know. People, People talked about silver arrows in Zelda. And it just goes to show that Nintendo toyed with all these ideas. Like, like they found evidence of Link being able to do spells, of being able to use the medallions, of a completely different storyline has been found in this data. Like, originally, you, you went forward in time, became an adult, the spiritual stones lost their luster, and you had to restore those before you could travel back and be a kid again. And then, yeah, there's just so much that came out of this. It's like, 
I mean, as for me, like all the stuff that it, it's it's a dream come true. Like I, we are so close to a playable build of this, and people are injecting stuff from this build into the final game yep. so that they can run around the maps and stuff. And it is, I've already closest... seen some videos to that effect. Yeah, like it, people it's are just, playing in the yeah, it's so cool. It, it is super cool. I just hope that we get the model, the character model of that weird version of Link is what I really want to. Oh, see the like. brown haired Link that's more based off of the original exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. I I, I hope it's hiding in there somewhere because I feel like they just keep finding new stuff. But you know what we haven't found yet, and and West Egg Games uh, uh, just touched on this, the Unicorn Fountain is not in there. And I I, I so Mm. want the Unicorn Fountain. That's like the Golden Goose, right? The the Unicorn Fountain. Uh, Steve, I know you and I talked a little little bit about how you and I were both devotees of the Odyssey of Hyrule back in the day. Yes. And uh, so I'm right there with you, man. For me, as an Ocarina of Time, just like obsessed historian i guess whatever you want to call it i am right there with you about how cool all this stuff is absolutely man i am i am thrilled to just see all this and i I turned on notifications for like must be a dozen people on twitter that are looking (laughs) into this and every time something pops up i'm like what have they got (laughs) what 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 have Mm. they found and it's always something exciting but yeah i'm still waiting for the unicorn fountain they found like a weird alternate unicorn fountain that didn't match the one that everyone right. has speculated about. So who knows? Like maybe, maybe this build is too old or too new. And I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's really cool to continue to find new stuff about this game. 20, 23, 22 years, like <laughs> decades later. <laughs> it really is. Well, what do you think of, uh, did you see this before the, uh, we pointed this out, uh, Clement, or did you, uh, miss this? No, I just, just discovered just now this, this, I just discovered this in the last two hours, and it's so surreal oh, wow. seeing Kakiriko Village as just like a flat plain with a whole bunch of just houses just scattered everywhere. Like there's no hills, <laughs> there's no there's no pens with chickens in them and stuff. It's it's so strange seeing the village like that. And yeah, I also just remember all those old Zelda sixty four magazine scans that were just like, what happened to that game? I'm so curious about that one. Like I want to play that. You know, yeah. when I hear about news about like Zelda beta stuff coming out and and Mario beta information from the leaks and whatnot, it it always makes me wonder about like, is the Earthbound sixty four, the Mother three sixty four version, still out there somewhere? And will that ever come to light? You know, uh, there are so I many things so. from our childhood that we never got to experience, but we saw, and it, it's it's fun to see that like hey, there's a new way to play Zelda now because it's back. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I want to say is while we're unearthing weird stuff from the N64 era, I would love it. And I know it's just a tech demo, but I would love it if somebody unearthed the Final Fantasy VII N64 tech demo where it was just mm. Final Fantasy VI characters. Right. Yes, right? I, I just want to see so that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That'd be really cool. Um. <laughs> but back when they realized like oh no we don't have enough space yeah, they're for like oh we can't do this uh, bad move <laughs> this is not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> oh man i uh I, I don't know i'm just trying to think of like what else like would be this huge that somebody could find for um from this era and i really can't think of anything because it always it seems like mario 64 and um Zelda were the two big ones. At at this point, I think the only thing that could top this is either a playable build of either of those two games, like mm-hmm. a playable beta build that's just a 
package you could you could dump onto it, dump into an emulator and start playing right away, or dump onto a flash cart and throw it in your actual N sixty four. But I don't know unless unless there's just a project we've never heard of, right? Like something like I think the only thing that could be bigger is like finding out you know finding like a Luigi's Mansion rom for the n64 or something like where they had started (laughs) development on it before porting it to the gamecube or something but i don't think that that exists um what i want to see is i and i may maybe it's out there and i just i have missed it but there is there are screenshots of a beta version of chrono trigger that shows the inspiration for the box art because you know like one of the main things about chrono trigger you know the, the box art if you know the game is completely wrong marley doesn't use fire magic but um, there's a screenshot out there that shows the inspiration for the box art. And I want to play that. Yeah, like I want to play that beta or at least see that beta version of Chrono Trigger. And maybe it's already out there. I haven't I haven't looked into it that much. But it's uh, if you haven't seen that, Steve, I'll, I'll uh, send it to you after yeah, the show. Send it's it pretty me. cool. Yeah, I would love to see that, man. Ah. I, I oh, need to replay Sonic, Sonic X Ethan Mayer yeah. <laughs> uh, point out two things. One first thing he mentioned or they mentioned was Sonic Extreme, which I thought a playable build of that did get it, yes, put it out did. there at some point. Yeah. Um. The, and the other one, which I was like, oh, oh uh, is yeah. did the Mega Man Legends three demo ever get leaked? Uh, you know, I don't normally track these things down. I would track that thing down oh, so yeah. hard. I, I would need to lose see this. My mind. If that ever got leaked, and and what sucks is there there are people out there to this day. I, I know there is one guy who got to do an interview uh, with. Uh, There's some interview about Mega Man Legends three and its story and stuff, and it never saw the light of day. But there there are a couple of people out there who who still know how Legend three story was going to play out, and <sighs> we're never going to know. We're never going to know. Why won't they say? Talk. I know. Talk. I wish. Well, you know, but maybe one day they will. Like twenty years later, like they did with Half Life three. I guess. How like it was how it was like you know it was it was uh, released in that weird essay where it was like obviously Half Life characters in the story but with different names and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, saving the story for when know, they it, actually it make it. Yeah, yeah. One I, can I, I only wish. hope. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think we're. I think the 3ds was our best shot at Legends Three. I, I can't see it being so on too. modern consoles unless they do a download. But let's like PS One era graphics become back in vogue. Then yeah. we have a shot. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's like, Which, has Yu Suzuki ever like talked about Shenmue 3's plot before Shenmue Three was announced? Steve, you know this. So. <laughs> uh, I, I believe that Yu Suzuki mentioned some broad strokes, but nothing, nothing detail wise. Like, oh, Ryo's going to continue his his quest with uh, Shenfa. You know, like nothing, nothing that would really. Uh, he he never spelled out what was going to happen with the sword or or you know any of that stuff. Like he didn't resolve the cliffhanger. He did a Mega sixty four video where he joked about it and like said Rio was going to turn into a werewolf and stuff. But <laughs> uh, I don't think he ever did like a real serious breakdown of where he was headed. Suddenly you have my interest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm waiting to see say. what happens with the Shenmue anime. Like I will review the Shenmue anime on this channel when it comes out. But I don't know if that's like in a replacement for Shenmue 4, I talked to someone. Uh, uh, I have a source at Deep Silver who told me, like, they definitely made back their money. Like, you know, as as far as mm. they're concerned financially, Shenmue, Shenmue 3 was a success. So, I mean, take that as you will. You know, I, I also got confirmation that they were not involved in a sequel in any way. So I don't know if Shenmue 4 is a thing that's ever going to happen. But 
I hope so. How many games does another does fucking this story take to tell? It's still telling the same one. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Is like, how many games yeah. does he need? Uh, We've waited you know, so, so long, originally, Suzuki. We've waited so just, long. It was supposed. I to mean, be if you had this 12. opportunity, you would try to get as much of that story out as possible. I would think. You would you know? think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, if I remember correctly, and this is this is decades ago now, but I I remember reading that originally there were like 12 chapters or something to Shenmue. Like the way he wrote the story out, it was 12 chapters. And the first game I want to say was just one chapter. And then he realized like, yeah, I'm not making 12 of these. And he condensed several (laughs) chapters into two. And I don't know how many of those are in three, but three ends on like, not just like, so like one is a very conventional story. One tells a story that makes sense top to bottom, start to finish. Two tells a story that makes sense top to 75% of the way through. And then that last 25 gets batshit crazy. And you're like, and then he makes you wait 18 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then you get part three and it tells a story that makes no sense start to finish like it's just like hey man you waited 18 years you're a fanatic you're gonna play whatever the hell i put on this game and i'm sure i did and i loved it but at the same time and i'm not gonna spoil the ending for those of you that haven't finished shenmue 3 but i was watching the ending being like what the fuck is happening here i don't know what i'm watching anymore and i'm here for it i absolutely adore the the over-the-top campiness that is the ending of shenmue 3 but it makes zero nice. sense. Like when you see it, like go Google it. If you have no interest in playing it and come back to the chat and tell me if, if you could envision it ending the way it does. Cause I guarantee you can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna have to check this out because like, yeah. I, 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 I have, have like no a, interest in Shenmue. <laughs> I have like a casual interest in it. Cause I played the first one and I liked it, but I just know that I'm never going to get around to playing two and three. So I need yeah, to check fair. this out. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll stick to getting into eventually getting into the Yakuza series. <laughs> uh, I've just real quick, before... three it's hard to recommend to people though. Yeah, I, I would uh, just real quick before we move on. Joshua Hunter says, uh, "Would you want to know how, about the other three Xenosaga games that was planned to, uh, with the three they got because they condensed it because they weren't selling as well." Because that was supposed to be six games. I would so I, want to know. I'd be that. interested to see how it would have been more fleshed out. Honestly, I'm much more interested in the fact that Xenogears was episode five of a planned six-part story. I'm like, yeah. okay, what, what's the story there? Like, I want to see Xenogears with everything fleshed out because there's a... It becomes a clip show of like, okay, this happened, then this happened, this then this happened yep. towards the end of that game. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what's what's yeah. happening? I want Xenogears' original disc two. Now, I want to see how that was going to play out originally before they just cut so much out of it. Fun fact, I believe Xenogears was originally supposed to be a Final Fantasy until it just got yep. two out there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That is correct. So. Yikes. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on. And uh, we uh, next up on our uh, subjects, let's pop that up there. Yep. Takaya Imamura, the designer of Captain Falcon, Fox McCloud, and Tingle, has retired from Nintendo after three decades. We actually have a retirement going on here, which you actually don't hear about too often. I don't know how old he is, but, you know, worked there for 30 years. And uh, some of his credits include, like, he was an object designer on Link to the Past. He was a graphic designer on Star Fox, art director on Star Fox 64, did course design in F-Zero X, uh, art director on Majora's Mask, uh, a supervisor on F-Zero GX, 
and a uh, co-producer on Star Fox Assault, and then was the director of Steel Diver. Um, now, even though he is, there was an edit to this initial story where um, he looks like he's still, like, even though he's retiring from Nintendo, he is going to continue work as a freelancer. So it's going to be more like, yeah, do what I feel like. So, hey, if we get into F-Zero, maybe he'll come back. <laughs> right. Yeah. But what what a career, man. Like, what an illustrious career having, and also having created some of Nintendo's most iconic characters. I mean, God. Captain Falcon. I mean, that alone, Captain Falcon mm. is. I mean, you know what that that character has basically almost, in a way, become the face of Smash. Even though Smash is far from his series, and uh, yeah, I mean, what a career! And uh, you know, I'll forgive him for Tingle. I've never been a Tingle fan, <laughs> ever. but you know, you leave Tingle alone. <laughs> Tingle, Tingle was born of this man's frustrations. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I mean, the poor guy, like. Captain Falcon, I mean, the meme meme king that he is, is uh has gone woefully underutilized over the decades. And, and same honestly goes for Fox McCloud at this point. Like mm-hmm. when's the last time Star Fox was was a big deal? Um I think those are two franchises that Nintendo has lost their way with and they just don't seem to be able to figure their, figure their way out of it. Which, by the way, Nintendo, if you're listening, just make like an open universe Star Fox game, please and thank you. I will. <laughs> like, if I could take off from Cornaria and fly all the way to Venom, and I do mean, people I want, like the I'm best here. parts of Starlink were the F Zero bits. I mean, not F Zero, Star Fox bits. Just yep. expand that just with the Star Fox universe. Yeah, let Ubisoft yeah. make it. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to play it. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that there's a very easy formula to crack with Star Fox. F-Zero, I, I feel like people just want F-Zero. Like, just give them an, another yeah. F-Zero game. Don't try to reinvent it. Just make it an HD. That's it. Get uh, Shinen Entertainment to do it if you don't want to do it. Uh, Fast Racing Neo is pretty good. They, I bet they yeah, do good things with F-Zero. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I feel bad for this for this guy and, and the characters he's created, because I agree they're awesome characters. I just wish Nintendo would pull them out once in a while for something other than smash. Uh, but tingle <laughs> yeah. is nightmare fuel and he can die in a fire. <laughs> nice. I completely agree with that sentiment. I have the uh, funny thing is I have tingles, Rosie rupee land and I can't look at it because the case really creeps me out. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're a huge, uh, star Fox fan. Uh, uh, Clement. Yeah. So how's it? Well, it's like... weird. I'm a huge Star Fox fan in regards to like the first three. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I know I like Star Fox Adventures too. I'm one of the rare defenders of that game. I think that's it was actually a solid adventure title. That just happened to be Star Fox, and that was its biggest problem. You know. Mm. Um, right. I agree with Assault that. Assault was Assault was fine. I didn't think Assault was bad. Command's okay. Wasn't a big fan of Zero, but. Uh, Star Fox 1, Star Fox 2, Star Fox 64, love those games to death. And uh, Yes. Yeah, I, I keep waiting for them to just capture that energy again, bring back that same, like, arcade like, really quick, hour-long experience that the first three titles were, but uh, they keep making these games bigger and more gimmicky and more complex, and, like, what am I going to do? You know, what are you going to do? Well, and I... But. And I just, I hate that they keep rebooting it. Like, I, for me, yeah. I mean, Command gameplay-wise, yeah. yeah, it wasn't the best, but 
I love that they doubled down on the weird furry soap opera, space <laughs> opera weirdness. Right? In, in Command. <laughs> and I want them to keep doing that. Like, you know, Crystal turning into Cursed with a K and, and uh, you know, Fox drowning his, his sorrows over their breakup and drinks and then joining the G-Zero uh, races with Falco. Dumb shit like that. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> and then they just, they decided to just pull it all back and go back to normal. And I'm like, no, you have something really, truly like, weird well, and what, awesome What's here. the canon ending there? Like, which one do you really go with? Because I don't think there's any yeah, normal endings I mean, to any of those storylines. And, like, the one where I we mean, meet Slippy's the kids, first like, it's all so weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. The first playthrough is locked, so that's probably the canon ending, just because you can't make any choices in the first playthrough. Right. But, uh... I don't know, man. Let's have an ending where Andross's nephew becomes the leader of Venom, and then he decides to take on the Lilat system. I don't know. But, exactly. Uh, like, I just feel right. like they were building something so cool, like, and, and just going all in on the weirdness, and then they, I don't know, they were like, you know what, let's just reboot it all again. And I'm like, no, you had this bizarre universe <laughs> going. Just double down on it. You know... You want to have more of a galaxy-wide threat and have elements for all of them. Have you know the Ubisoft thing, the Starlink thing, where you're going back and forth. Have elements of Star Fox too, just on brainstorming stuff. Have freaking Andros become a virus like Sigma and start infecting everything, Ooh. and all of a sudden you have like so much enemy variety. You could bring back enemy types from across the series. Um, you could have an actual showdown between Fox and Falco because Falco's ships get, ship gets infected by uh, Andros. Just go balls out with this thing it. and go have this like crazy scenario that you'd never expect and just have the odds stacked against him. And it's just finding a way to basically find a virus deletion software to get Andros out of this. <laughs> and I don't know. Have some fun with it and just let's... Go big and see what happens. Nice. Yeah. That's my inner screenwriter coming out. But anyway. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm right there with you, man. I love I love everything you just said. I, I, I just want Star Fox to get back to being just weird and super self-indulgent again. Mm-hmm. But right. if Inamura well, is the art director of Majora's Mask, um, if he's the one responsible for the moon, then the man's a genius. Because the moon yeah, and the atmosphere fair. of Majora's Mask, that's just like some of the best iconography of Zelda. Like, I just love everything about Majora's Mask's uh, atmosphere and how it looks and how apocalyptic it feels at times. Like, when when it gets to the final hours and then the sky just gets, like, dark red and it's just there staring you in the face, that moon. It's just like, ah. Uh. If he had anything to do with that art, that's... Uh. Brilliant man, brilliant man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss him. Yeah. Fair. I'm Indeed. actually looking up like where like do they have like a. There's no details on who designed it. I'm. I was like, I have to look and find, but, dang, nothing. Oh well. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean, I, I was taking a look at Captain Falcon's original design and uh, you know the original F Zero. And it's mostly stayed true. I'm going to pop it up here in the chat. Uh, the only major difference is his shin guards were actual were more falcons, which is just kind of mm-hmm. amazing. And he had a bit of a like communicator coming down. But otherwise, uh, it's 90s comic booky, but it still holds true to how he looks today. Yeah, right. it does. It, it hasn't changed that much. I mean, it has, but it also has the overall vibe remains the same. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, oh, and I was Rob Arman expert. That puts it. That'd be a cool old, old costume for Smash, right? That <laughs> really would. Costume DLC. Yeah. Ugh. I can't believe that hasn't been a thing. I can't believe they haven't had like costume packs for all the different fighters. <clears throat> I know. I and they would it. make I money thought... hand over fist on it. I would yeah. buy every single. I just give one. like all the different versions of Link. You know, Twilight Princess Link and and mm-hmm. Hyrule Warriors Link and every version of Link you could possibly want. You know, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get it. Either way, uh, next up, let's go move on to our next story. So, uh, MAGFest's board of directors have resigned, seemingly saving MAGFest from the brink of collapse. And the new board uh, says that they're prepping for the best Super MAGFest they've ever had in 2022. Uh, Ash, you know a little bit more about this because I've never been to MAGFest. So, right. uh, I'm guess- this sounds like all good news. It does. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not obviously involved behind the scenes with MAGFest. I just love the show and, and it's like my vacation show. I attended as a fan. Um, and this is the best news I could have hoped for, I think. I mean, you know, there maybe there's some angle to this uh, that could be negative, but just speaking purely as a fan of the show and as someone who has people that, that he goes to the show with every year, this is the best news I could have hoped for. And I, I truly was not expecting a happy ending uh, here. It sounded as though the, the, now, the now previous board of directors were quite corrupt and, and running things into the ground and almost ensuring that that MAGFest wasn't going to survive, at least in its current form. But I guess things were able to be negotiated and they stepped down and now there's a new board of directors who are going to write the ship. Um, so yeah, I, I can't speak from an insider's point of view, just from a fan's, but it's as far as I can tell from the outside looking in, this is fantastic news. And I'm, you know, we went from five days ago, the, the future of MAGFest being very much in doubt if there was ever even going to be another one to hey we're we're planning we're actively planning for the 2022 show so i couldn't be happier about this i'm i'm genuinely relieved because i was i was like seriously heartbroken over this it, it's just it's such a special show for me and um i'm just, i'm i'm i wish them all the best of luck and i hope all their planning for magfest 2022 goes well when and when that, does uh yeah sorry when does magfest normally occur i've i've never been and I don't really uh, January. So actually, oh, I would okay. have just recently gotten back from Maryland. Now, if if we had had you know the show this year with the pandemic, you know, the, there's no okay. coronavirus pandemic, and the uh, and Magfest's you know the internal strife wasn't happening. So yeah, it's usually like early to mid January. Oh okay. So that makes I've seen sense. it yeah, I was be say, really I'm, I'm close curious. after the new year. I'm like I have I have no idea how I do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it, it kind of becomes like my wife and I have made it kind of like a New Year trip for us. And like I said, we have like uh, like a whole like mag fam, we call them, that we go to the show with each year. Now we all stay together and basically have like a three to four day room party. We like rent adjacent rooms in the Gaylord Center and they just have like a three day, four day room party. It's amazing. Like we have a sleeping room where people go to sleep when they need to. But the the other room is the like we, there's like a whole DJ set up. We got smash going. We got lights and stuff. It's the best wow. time. And I'm oh, it's the best time. 
<laughs> it's wonderful. Sounds pretty awesome. Like it sounds yeah. cool on its face. Like I, I don't know that I'll ever be able to go just right after the holidays. Yeah. But of course, man, yeah. maybe someday. I'm not ruling it out. It sounds cool as hell, and I'm glad that the show gets to continue for folks that you know. Obviously, this is a big deal to a lot of folks. It means a lot to people. So I'm, I'm happy. I mean, there's no other show result. where you can, especially when you when you stay in the in the Gaylord Center and you you know if you're lucky enough to get like an atrium view room. I can't think of anywhere else, literally in the world, where you can wake up at any time of day or night, open your doors onto the patio, and see the Triforce Quartet playing Zelda music, or see, you know, any num- the Super Soul Brothers doing jazz video game. Like, you know, it, there's it's just a four day celebration of games and video game music. And nice. I mean, what it's perfect for me, obviously. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it's wonderful. I mean, June Sainoe came to to do Sonic Adventure music live a couple of years ago, and I got to be there for it. I mean, that's like that's the dream right there as a video game music, you know, obsessive devotee. So, yeah, I'm just I'm so glad that this seems to be good news, and I, I hope that it all culminates in the show returning proper uh, properly in 2022. Mm. Nice. We just need to get Clement to go to a, a uh, American convention, which as soon as we get past this epidemic, I think it's much more likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to be waiting for that part to die down. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I've always gone to stuff like uh, Toronto Comic Con and Con Bravo and a lot of stuff that's in Canada. Um, and yeah, I I love going to those events and it's 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 something I, I do every now and then. And there's always like a wholesomeness of like going with your friends and just buying a whole bunch yeah. of merch and playing all the cool new games that are coming out and stuff. And it's, it's just such a fun atmosphere and it's always great to do. And I'm glad that Magfest isn't gone, like abolished completely. I'm glad that there seems to be Same. a spark that it will return and that people will be having fun there again. And we just have to wait out this virus and yeah, hopefully yeah. things will be back to normal soon, you know? And actually, Clement, you just mentioned playing games. I totally forgot to mention, out of all the cool stuff I just said about MAGFest, there is a 24-7 arcade that's like a giant... And I don't mean like a, dink, like a dinky arcade with a few games. They've got all like the Jap- like all the Japanese rhythm games. They've got... It's a massive arcade. And it's free play. The, you, 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 your your oh, pass nice. that you pay for means you get access to this 24-hour free play arcade throughout the entire show. And that's just one other thing that's cool about it. It's nice. it's why I said twenty four seven. I wish Magfest was a, was a week long show, but it is more like twenty four four. I've I've heard of people uh, pushing themselves to the point of exhaustion because they want to try to do everything and never go to sleep. And it's oh yeah, you have to pace yourself. There's too much to do at Magfest mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, by the way, welcome to the playlog. Uh, who says good evening, GVG dudes? I don't recognize your name, so I'm just wanted to say uh, welcome and thank you for joining us. I also don't recognize Summoner's faith in the, uh, Faith's name in the chat. Maybe you've mentioned it before. I, I actually remember. do. Okay. Uh, I do because I remember mentioning that I am also a Final Fantasy X fan and that I really <laughs> uh, like their name. Yeah. Perfect. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. And uh, according to this, Nintendo's new Pokemon Snap uh, listing has revealed that the game will have some form of online play. Now... I don't know what this actually exactly means. I online play could be as much as like yeah, score attack, you know, compare scores on, the, on these courses. Yeah. yeah. Leaderboards and stuff like that. I don't know what it'll be. Ideally it would be 
compete with friends for the best photos. And like, like I load up the game and, uh, you know, Clement loads up the game and we take pictures and see who gets the better score taking pictures of all the animals. And you can mess with each other. Like, uh, oh, I have this shot lined up. I'm going to shoot a pester ball and screw up his uh, view. And all of a sudden it's a bot shot. <laughs> There's a lot of fun that could be had with a competitive picture taking, but who knows what it's actually oh, going to so be. Sabotaging each other. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you got that nice picture of uh Mew. No, I'm going to put something else in your way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you know, just be this down is for, like, Nintendo. some kind of like Instagram social media kind of thing where like, I don't know, you oh, post yeah. all your favorite pictures that you've taken, upload it to the server, and then maybe people can go into your profile and see all the pictures you've taken. Uh I, I know it's going to be on Rails again like the original Pokémon mm-hmm. Snap, but maybe there's going to be some interesting gameplay things that make you take pictures unlike the way other people would take pictures. I don't know. But I think that'd be a fun yeah. idea. There are so many cool things they could do with this, with, with online functionality in Pokemon Snap, and I'm not going to get my hopes up because at the end of the day, this is Nintendo and online, so you know I'm going to expect the bare minimum, but I'm going to hope for something more than the bare minimum. And uh, I do think there is, there is I, I love your idea, Clement, of an Instagram type thing where people can have their own albums that, that can be browsed. I think that's a cool idea, mm-hmm. and that's just one of many they could they could do. So. Hopefully it isn't just online leaderboards and maybe there's something a little more robust here, but it is interesting nonetheless. You you know what I would love that is also a Nintendo level bad online move? I would love if you could if you and your friend could each choose like the, the Pokemon picture you're most proud of, right? And submit them against each other online and then they we vote the damn pictures. So it's like they just Ooh. put it out to the broader online community, this picture versus this picture, and they vote just like in We Vote, and you get to see what the what just the community at large thinks is the better photo. Like not you your mean friends, like the everybody votes channel? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, sorry, Steve? sorry. Yeah. I missed votes. that thing. I, I love that, that channel. Yeah. It was so cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> I miss that stupid channel. I I would I would literally like just port we've everybody votes back to the switch. <laughs> Give me that yeah. one channel. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. Vote on yeah. random things. There yeah. You go. I guess Splatfests are kind of a new manifestation of that, but it's not the same. Yeah, it needs that weird like void of personality to it to be yeah. really special. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Oh, um, by the way, welcome to Captain the Face, who says, "Hey guys, first time tuning in live. Love the work you all do. Well, thank you very much, Captain yeah, the Face, you. and yeah, thank, you. thank you for joining us live. And we hope to see you here uh, more often." Mm-hmm. But I don't really have any other ideas beyond that. It could be cool. It could be well, Nintendo, <laughs> <You> yeah, <know? laughs> and their typical yeah. online. Exactly. Yeah. Either way, uh, next up, go ahead and pop that up. There you go. The Bravely Default 2 producer has detailed further improvements to the final game. And I've not actually had a chance to look at this yet, so hopefully it has a nice bullet point. Nope. <laughs> no, they don't. But but I read it earlier, so if you want, I can kind of chat about it. If you if there. you could, Ash. Yeah, so so it's um it's really minor stuff that they're talking about specifically in this article. Things like they cleaned up the faces on character icons and shops and menus. Um this is Masashi Takahashi, by the way, talking. Uh this mm-hmm. is uh Bravely Default 2's producer. Uh, he says they didn't change the models or anything. They just adjusted the shadows and such to make things look nicer. 
Um, th- this this one is a, bit of, is a bit of a red flag to me. So additionally, he says, we added the ability to compare new weapons and armor in shops. Now, to his credit, he does say, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but this is a feature that should have been in the game already. Uh, and they just weren't able to implement it in time for the first demo. But to me, that's like, that's something really basic that needs to be part of modern JRPGs. And this kind of... <laughs> goes back to what mm. I was saying about my concerns about the game so far, despite loving Default in Second. It just seems like there's just a... Something's not something's not quite right here. I don't know what it is, but I do have to, you know, I do have to respect Takahashi's uh, utter devotion to taking feedback from the first demo and improving the game right up to release. You know, certainly he's doing the very best that he can, and I hope it, tur- I hope it turns out well. I, I hope it works out. Agreed. I, I think that I, I wasn't a big fan of the first demo. I hope are they releasing an updated demo for this? Do we know that they already have? They did, and it's basically yeah. just um, a it's a it's a five hour vertical slice. It's basically a vertical slice of the final game that you can play on a five hour timer. But there's no nothing carries over to the final game. No sort of progress can be made, and that's another thing. Is like prior to this, like Bravely Second and uh, Bravely Default had demos that would that you could actually. You know, they were like unique experiences. They weren't just a demo of the final game. They were unique scenarios that you could then transfer progress over to the final game. And that's that's also missing here. So it's just, it, I, you know, when, when I downloaded the final demo and realized it was just five hours that you could play the final game, I'm like, but why not just wait for the game then, I guess? Yeah, you know? that, that seems weird to me. I mean, I, I'm not going to fault them for not putting out like a prologue that that we can play through because i mean that's that's a cool nice free extra but yeah sure i, I do agree that putting out like a five hour demo like i wouldn't want to play the five hour demo and then find out like hey you, you got to play that again it's a little different from the demo they put out for dragon quest 11 s where you could just make so much progress and get a real feel for that game and all of a sudden it's like where they leave you it's like oh I, I, no i want to know more i want let me play more <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. think that's the right way to do it if you're going to do a demo based on the actual game. Like, let me pick up where I left off. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if you're going to yeah, throw exactly. that buy button in my face at the end of this, I want to continue where I was, not not like five hours back. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of red flags with this game. Um, nothing so far has grabbed me. Like, I, I need to yeah. see all these improvements in the final product and then... I, I hope they put out like another demo like that's representative of whatever is landing on retail shelves. I'm guessing not. I think yeah. that's what this is. They, they, yeah. the, the demo that's out now is called the final demo. So I think Wait, this but, is supposed to be representative. So maybe, maybe I'm getting more confused, but are these improvements in that demo? I think that's, so. that's the question. I think they are, but it's hard to say. Um, but I mean, it has to. Be I mean, right. you they, could they, easily they check just by playing. <laughs> yeah, you could. Well, yeah. You compare right. items. If anybody in the chat has played this demo yet, clearly I have not. <laughs> Let right. me know if any of the stuff. Clement, have you played the demo it. yet? I played the first demo. I haven't played the second one, but uh, mm. it definitely feels like a 3DS game that's been upresed and brought to the Switch. You know, it doesn't feel like the big console iteration of Bravely Default that maybe a lot of people were expecting. So maybe that's why. There's a little uh, less hype than than usual, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a sucker for these games. I'm a big turn-based RPG fan. I still love the Bravely system, just being able to stack all the different defaults and, and Braves and just unleash yeah. on people. Like, I still had Same. fun with the combat, even in the first demo. 
Uh, I still made it through the, mm-hmm. the whole dungeon and got to the end of it, but... Uh, yeah, I did too. Yeah, I, I just hope they have ass. the... <laughs> yeah, it was tough. I, I just hope they still have, like, the eliminate random encounters kind of thing that was in the original game, because that was the best part, was That's that you thing. could always turn it off whenever you wanted. So you just, like, if you wanted to just go through a dungeon without fighting anything, if you just wanted to fight forever because you're just trying to grind and you just want the, the encounter rate up like a thousand percent you can do that and, and you can uh, speed up just, battles yeah yeah speed up battles and and just do things that you did in the last battle over and over again like it is surprising the demo was so lacking when the original game had all those features but you know i i get the feeling they this is a passion project i get the feeling that they have been listening to feedback i hope that this game turns out to be a sleeper hit because you know there there are some games i don't expect to be amazing like uh oh, fire emblem three houses looks all right yeah it looks pretty fine and then fire emblem three houses comes out <laughs> and it's like whoa <laughs> that is the best fire emblem game i've ever played holy mm-hmm. so i'm i'm optimistic that Bravely default 2 will be pretty good um but yeah, it's been weird going into it, I guess. I think maybe yeah. I'm looking at it from a bit... Maybe I'm being overly hard on it because Bravely Second was like my game of the year for 2006. I think that's when it came out in the US. It was my game of the year, easily. I loved it. And, and I liked Bravely Default a lot, but I loved Bravely Second. And so I think I'm coming at this from that viewpoint. And I can't help but feel a little bit disappointed, or a lot of bit disappointed from what I've seen and played so far. Especially because, as kind of as you, as you touched on, Clement, the, the combat feels like it's really taken a step back in the sense that, at least in the first demo, the, the encounter slider is gone. You know, now you're running into enemies on the world map. Um, the encounter, uh, what is it, the uh, victory m- uh, multiplier, where you could, like, grind even faster by winning multiple battles yeah. in a row, that's gone um it just it one of the things i loved or the thing i loved most about default and second is the complete control over the user experience the player has you know like as you said you, if you want to fight you can fight if you don't want to and you just want to get to a save point you can do that too and they do still have you can still change the battle speed in in bravely default too and i appreciate that but it just feels like they they double down on the wrong things but as you said it is still very possible that it could be a sleeper hit and uh, again, I might be coming at it from too harsh a perspective just because I'm such a huge Bravely Second fan. You have high expectations. And exactly. I, I'm one of those things, I, I'm one of those people who uh, I'm already noticing there's a lot for me to play this year. <laughs> there is a, <laughs> a long lineup of games. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be picking and choosing. And I know I can jump into Bravely Default 2 yeah, as a completely new story. But part of me is like, ah, I'd still prefer I, I have Bravely Default and Bravely Second. I should probably beat those first and I'll get the Bravely Default 2 later. Plus, you know, by the time I actually get to it, I'll, it'll be hopefully cheaper and take it from that perspective. So I've, I've been yeah. kind of a more lackadaisical in my uh, purchases and helps yeah. out in the wa- old wallet. <laughs> um, Wolf X Blake says, I hope the soundtrack is just as great as the previous two. I can almost guarantee you it will be because if, if Bravely Second had any like minor down point for me, it was the soundtrack, which I, I still thought was great, but it wasn't like the legendary heights of the first Bravely Default. And they got the composer yeah. for Bravely Default 1 back for Bravely, De- Bravely Default 2. It's a Japanese guy, Revo. And, uh, so it, and you can tell from the style of the, of the soundtrack in two so far that he's that he's very much doubling down 
on the style that was so popular in the first game soundtrack. So I can almost guarantee you it's going to be a great soundtrack. Very cool. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. And this one is uh, courtesy of Capcom. As they as they have commented on the Monster Hunter Rise demo uh, stuttering for some people. However, they have confirmed that it's a demo-only issue. So it's not something that's going to be present in the full game. Now, I've not played the Monster Hunter Rise demo. <laughs> This is coming up a theme, but um, yeah, I don't know about that stuttering myself, but they did say uh, for customers using the demo version of Monster Hunter Rise, if the number of registered friends on the user's account exceeds a certain number, the game will begin to stutter. This is a processing failure. Please be assured that we have confirmed that this issue does not occur in the full version. We apologize for any convenience and thank you for your support. That is such a weird problem to have. Like you have too many friends. We're gonna stutter the game. You know, you know <laughs> or, what? I, yeah, I actually think I know why this happens. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah. So I believe what it's doing, uh, because I read a thread about this, is that the game is or the demo. I want to. <laughs> Capcom says it's just the demo. So uh, mm-hmm. the demo is actively, repeatedly checking the online status of all your friends. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and I know that Nintendo in their API for the Switch has the ability to just pull people that are online. Like the Switch knows in the background if your friends are online or not without the game having to check. And so I think in the demo, they just coded this like in, in more of a slapdash way that it just checks your whole list. So um, I, I could see that like just, you know, I mean, every little thing takes away from from CPU cycles that could be used for making the game run more smoothly. So it, it's just poor optimization, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, have you? Uh, you know, none of us are really Monster Hunter fans. Did you ever get into the series, Clement? I have no, no that's a series that's always eluded me. Um, I, I did play the original. I did play the original on PlayStation Two, but it was so slow for me, and it just wasn't my kind of game. And I know that it's definitely improved since then. I've heard nothing but like it, the first one's not where you start because the first one's not the best game in the series and it's like okay i get that but yeah uh it's just, it's just one of those series that's passed me by so i have no real experience with it yeah i don't have the same pool like like i see everybody talk about yakuza and i look at the screenshots like i got to play that but then i look at something like monster hunter monster hunter and it's cool but it's i just I've the little bits i played the gameplay loop has never pulled me in i agree in yeah. the same way same. I thank do want to check out the Brandon. Rise demo, though. That's on my list. Mm. It's on my list. What did yeah. you say, Steve? I, I said, thank God for Brandon. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. Yes. He, Brandon he, he, is our diehard on, fan, so. On yeah. multiple fronts, on multiple fronts. Uh, thank God for Brandon, for sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do appreciate Capcom coming right out and saying this, though, and just being very transparent about it. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and it's good to know that it's not going to affect the final game. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Now, Somewhat related to this, we're just going to roll this in here along with it because it's, you know, talking demos. Um, it was also announced that Balan Wonderland, uh, Wonder World, excuse me, because uh, I <laughs> always want to say Wonderland, uh, yeah. Wonder World will actually have a demo on January 28th uh, for all platforms, including PS5, PS4, Switch, Series, uh, Xbox Series X, and Steam. And this is one I'm really excited for. Like, Me too. I'm not 100% sold on it, but I'm so intrigued by it that Square Enix has this platformer by, you know, the creator of Knights. And let's see how this works out. Uh, it looks charming as all hell, but, I, I, you know, this is definitely a demo I want to stream. 
I want to I have on the I, channel. I have really complicated feelings about this. Um, I'm really <laughs> happy about the demo. First, let's be clear. Like the demo, I'm thrilled about because I'm exactly the person that needs this demo. Because mm-hmm. I am not sold at all on Balan Wonderworld. And I love Yuji Naka. I'm a fan of some of his work <laughs> uh, like and and uh yeah. i hate to I, I hate to phrase it that way but like billy hatcher sucked <laughs> um Ooh, I, you know the stuff he did at Prope, i wasn't a huge fan of um you know he hasn't really like put out anything brand new that has blown me away rodea the sky soldier i thought was okay uh to be fair i played the wii u version and not what i hear is the vastly superior wii version um, yeah that's what i've heard as well yeah and like knights 2 was uh like I, I mean there's a lot of things that i'm just like i yeah. don't know that um that my that he has earned my un unwavering faith you know so i i'm curious to see it i do agree with you guys that visually it looks charming i'm just not like faithful that the gameplay is going to be there so this demo will really go a long way towards deciding how whether or not i'm going to pick up this game um yeah. i i foresee i would love to and i know we always have like this is this is like a running gag almost at this point but i'd love to sit down and talk about this once we're all able to play it and see where we all land because i am significantly mm-hmm. less hyped than you guys um but that being said i'm still curious enough that i will fire up my ps5 and play this like on the 28th i'll I'll be right there waiting to download it i'm actually pretty close to how you feel steve like i in in theory i'm really excited for this because i i want i I love 3d platformers and i love the idea of a really good 3d platformer from yuji naka uh and published by square enix like i i'm so intrigued by by the fact that this is even happening and i really want it to be good but as you said you know naka's output is inconsistent at best and I know there is a more than decent chance that the gameplay just isn't going to be up to snuff, despite how cool it looks visually. So that's, you know, I, I'm probably a little more on the on the positive side of, of the needle than you are, but I'm not that much further. And I just really want it to be great, but I don't know that it will be. And uh, that's why I'm glad it's getting a demo, because I, I figured one of us would stream it. And Derek, that makes sense for it to be you. Um, I mean, I, if I you weren't going to do it, I'm, I was. So yeah. I, I think yeah. I'm the most hyped just because I don't know everything I've seen from this. This looks like such a charming platformer that I really want it to does. get a shot. Yeah, but, and you know, I mean, yeah, we got Clement on. <laughs> you know how how you how do you <laughs> feel about it, Clement? That's kind of perfect. Uh, it's pretty similar idea, really. Uh, again, I'm not a big fan of Billy Hatcher. Uh, mm. The second Knights game wasn't that amazing, but I love the original Knights, and I liked what Yuji Naka did with Sonic. And it looks great. And I feel like maybe now that he has had tons of experience with game development over the years, you know, with Rodeo the Sky Soldier being really good, uh, maybe this will be a a surprise hit. I don't know. I'm not not saying it's going to be, but it might be. (laughs) So I'm willing to give it a (laughs) shot. But uh, yeah, it's a weird like Sega resurgence right now, but it's not Sega. You know what I mean? Like they have that yeah. uh, bomb rush cyberfunk that's not Jet Set Radio and it's not by Sega, but it's kind of Jet Set Radio, you know, if you squint your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, and, that's the whole thing. Like Streets of Rage technically wasn't done by Sega, but it was still really good. So it's like Sega has like these adjacent hits almost. It's weird. Yeah, you know what? I, it's like I the wanna... Sega fan in me is excited just because there's so much Sega love going on you know, between Streets of Rage and Yakuza and all these things. 
And just because I have nostalgia for that art style, nostalgia for Yuji Naka, nostalgia for everything he did over the years, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. check it out. I got to check it out. But it might be another Billy Hatcher where some people like it, a lot of people don't. We just have to wait and see, really. I mean, at yeah. least we don't have to guide an egg around at all times. That makes it a little nicer. Yeah. And the, right. <laughs> and the protagonist isn't in, in half a chicken suit. Um, <laughs> you know, one thing I want to say, though, about Yuji Naka moving to Square, I I sincerely hope he brings some of his old school fantasy star energy to like a proper RPG project at Square. Because oh, yeah. the original fantasy star, what would it be? Quadrilogy? <laughs> like I, yeah. those are incredible games except for three three is not that great but they're it's mo- they're mostly incredible games and i would love to see him like get back into you know a, some type of role with a serious like turn-based rpg series because i mean the work he did on fantasy star was incredible i mean light years beyond what anyone was doing at the time and and he since you know i mean once he became known for Sonic, that was it for him. And that's where his career took him. And I'm, I'm very yeah. happy for him, you know, but I would love to see him take a hand at doing an RPG again, because he was very clearly talented in that area as well. Yeah. Um, I think Rob Arman X hit on something about the, the appeal, kind of the general appeal of, of Valen Wonderworld. Uh, he says, for me personally, I just want to support a 3D platformer with a big budget. And I think, yeah, I think there's something to that. 3D platformers are still kind of a, not a dying genre, but they're not exactly thriving. I mean, ukulele mm. happened and it was fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine. But we haven't seen, you know, we got a hat in time, but that's a, a, an indie game that is a great indie game. But I think its exposure was rather limited because of the fact that it's, that it's an indie game. We mm. don't really get AAA big budget 3D platformers anymore. We the just don't clo- get them. The closest we have that's coming up is Ration and Clank. Um, right. Rift yes. Apart. But I mean, and I'm super excited for that. But that does bill itself as more of a shooter than a platformer. Exactly, and, and that's so I just sort think of, there's some, yeah, yeah. Gets there's in some there. inherent appeal in, in in having a game like this come out from a major publisher that has a lot of money behind it. So I'm hoping for the best. You know, not necessarily expecting the best, but I'm really crossing my fingers that this game ends up being great. In the meantime, though, Sega, can you please just port Knights HD to Switch, please? <laughs> Please, please, please. Why is that game yeah. not on Switch yet? Ah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're already running late, so let's go ahead and jump into our uh, final story of the night. And tens of thousands, speaking of platformers, tens of thousands of ukulele Triforce statues, statues that went missing in 2016 have now turned up in the Philippines, in Philippines shops for less than $10 each. What the hell? That is <laughs> wild. Yeah, <laughs> I that is like why tri- why Triforce statues? I'm looking. I don't see any Triforce on them, but oh, that's the company that makes them. Oh, so okay. I, I think the story is here. So Triforce is the name of a popular company that makes really nice, really detailed PVC statues. Right now, actually, they've got this Breath of the Wild Link and Zelda ones that light up that I really want. <laughs> but these to give you a frame of reference, I don't know how much the ukulele statues were supposed to be. But they usually border between fifty and eighty dollars each, so this thing was probably destined yeah, to be eight or nine times as much as they're charging for it. Looking at the detail, I can see it because you know I might yeah. not be the biggest fan of the original ukulele, but Impossible Layer was fantastic, and yes, this is a nice looking statue. 
It really is. I mean, I wouldn't mind having one of these. I mean, this, yeah, I, I love the yeah. look of this. And yeah. <laughs> there's there's definitely a, a huge negative to this story, but if somebody offered me this thing for eight bucks, I would buy it. <laughs> I would oh, absolutely. In a second. I wouldn't question it. I'd be yeah. like, yes, I will take two. <laughs> like, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I get it though. You know, so the story sounds like uh, Triforce maybe farmed out the production of these to some other company company went bankrupt probably mm. somebody bought up all their all that company's assets and and then offloaded all the ukulele statues crazy cheap after you know discovering them um i don't know like i i guess you get into like weird murky legal territory with could could platonic get these back or could triforce get these back you know i don't think so <laughs> also yeah, is it worth not. it but yeah I mean, I, I would, I would be, I'd be happily paid, you know, way more than ten bucks for one of these, just because it's they're really nice statues. But ten bucks, I feel bad that it happened, and I wish it hadn't. But man, I would, oh, be happy. To wow, this have gets one of wilder. Those. Rob Arman X in the chat says Andy followed up and said that they were never officially released because of this. Yeah, so one so day the company only just went dark for eight bucks, a really high quality statue. You're getting a piece of gaming memorabilia that nobody was able to get their hands on before. To eBay. Speaking of, <laughs> there, there, there's a per- person that responded to the, to him with like display cases of like uh, I guess uh, other statues like this. One of Banjo Kazooie, one of Conquer on his throne, one of Battle Toads, and they all look really nice. Like my God, like those are gorgeous looking. Um, oh, I'm jealous. So they, it's like <laughs> something about these. This the, whoever was making these did good work, but don't know why they went bust all of a sudden. But that's a okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. It really is. Uh, would you pick up one of these? Clement, how how were you into ukulele? Because I know you're you're a fan of platformers as well. I'm a big fan of Banjo Kazooie, but uh, I never actually played ukulele. I, I heard so many mixed reviews that I got kind of scared off from wanting to try it. Mm. Uh, I've heard great things about the Impossible Lair. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So I'd pay ten bucks for a statue, sure. Ten bucks—that's an easy, <laughs> easy. That's an easy Impulse sell buy. for me, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I. I... I, I don't want to put words in your mouth about what you feel about three uh, the original ukulele. Ash likes it more than I do, but I think we can all agree that Impossible Layer is a really fantastic two D platformer. Oh, it's phenomenal! Mm. I mean, I mean, who who th- who would have thought that Platonic would make would do a much better job at making what is essentially almost Donkey Kong Country four than they than they would you know what they initially set out to do, which was a new Banjo Kazooie esque three D platformer. I think it was just a million dollar question, do. though. Is it better than Tropical Freeze? Oh, man, that's that, like that's a, John they're both that. really damn good. And I think I'd still put Tropical Freeze above there, but it does more interesting things with the overworld in Tropical Freeze. I think the levels are better in Donkey Kong uh, in, in Tropical Freeze. I think the um, overworld is better in Impossible mm-hmm. Layer. Um Man, it, really it's really close. Yeah. I, I might put Tropical Freeze slightly above it, but just the fact that I would even put it slightly above it says worlds about how fantastic Impossible Air is. Like, if you haven't played that yeah. game and you like platformers, you need to play it. And mm-hmm. don't even worry about, you know, how 
average, slightly above average ukulele was the original. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll not play it too, eventually. I figure. I mean, <laughs> I I still have. I'm still mystified at how you can just. I, I how quickly did you get through the Yakuza series? <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we were. It just I started playing them during the pandemic, so I didn't have much going on at the time. But, True. Uh, yeah, I played Yakuza one in May, and then I think I finished Yakuza six, the last one, up until Like a Dragon came out in like September, October, something like that. Wow. <laughs> I have way I have way too much time on my hands. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was more power impressive. To you, man. The sad yeah. thing is, you still have Judgment to play and Yakuza Seven now. <laughs> like you're still not caught up. Oh, Judgment is so good. <laughs> I I I've not finished. I'm I'm really close to finishing Yakuza Zero. Um, I'm in chapter three of like a dragon, but I finished Judgment like in a few days. It was so good. Like I could not put it. Yeah, down. you really liked it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I I hope that gets like I hope they keep doing Yakuza spinoffs because I really really liked playing as like. I thought the combat system in Judgment was way better than that in the other Yakuza games, but I feel like I also may be a little biased at this point. I need to go back and try <laughs> Zero again and finish it off. I'm I'm in like the final moments of Zero, but I'll get back to that someday. I'll play it someday. <laughs> One of these days I'll get to the... I have a copy of Yakuza 7 waiting to be played. It's just a matter of getting to it. I and have judgment, Yakuza 0 through 5. I'll play it eventually. Yeah. Isn't there... Aren't most Personally, of the Yakuza like games at the on very Game least, too? you could play Yakuza Zero, One, and Two, and if you want to quit after Two, cool. Like you don't need to play Three, Four, and Five, even though they're good as well. Uh, mm. Yakuza Zero, One, and Two to me are the best ones. And That's what I've heard. Nice. Yes. What better way to start than with those three? So. And I've heard you can kind of skip if you if you do want to finish out the story or Cosmos story, you can kind of play Zero, One, Two, and then kind of skip to Six, right, and just play that. introduces a lot of characters in between and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. part three is where Kiryu takes he takes control of an orphanage and that becomes a big part of his oh, character right. for the rest of the series so okay. mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. I think you still need to play all of them if you want the full story but okay. you could jump in it the thing I like about all, all six of these games all seven of these games really uh, is that they're all standalone stories you know none of them end on cliffhangers none of them require that you've played the previous ones you know if you just want to jump into yakuza 5 yakuza 6 whatever uh you don't need to have played the rest of the series and it has a definitive ending and it doesn't sequel bait you at all so you know you can just jump in whenever you want play whatever game you want so it's not like shenmue where the reason there are six yakuza games is because the story's not done yet (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah got this epic tale to to uh go over but um... Um, Derek, really quick, before you close this out, I just wanted to say welcome to Sergio Oporto in the, in the chat. Uh, oh, it's nice. another name I don't recognize. I just wanted to say thank you for joining us uh, live, yeah, and we you. hope to see you for more live uh, live episodes. So thank you. I'm, I'm hoping uh, 2021 could maybe, maybe year the, be the year I start catching up on a lot of the big games I have not played yet. I, I'm not sure how likely that is, because um, ever since Clement said he wanted to cover... Final Fantasy 14 is part of his Final Fantasy retrospective. Like that's a perfect time for me to jump in as well. And I can have somebody to play <laughs> play with and get through that. Um, but it's also like Join me, Derek. Join yeah. me. Well, also not just that, but I'm I'm shocked, Derek, that you think 2021 of all years is going to be the the year that you get to do that when you just had a kid. 
I feel like that's I, the least likely year. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's also true. But you know, you know I gotta have hope. Eh, being a yeah. parent, whatever. I, I mean. Is it sad that I feel like I have more free time with uh, having a kid than I did when I was working at Game Explain? No, it, it, that makes perfect wow. sense. In a weird way. In a weird way. Last time we, we opened this can of worms, Vice got involved. I don't know that we... Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll just leave it at that. But... Yeah. <laughs> um, I, that is also very much thanks. I can do a lot of this just thanks to the fact that uh, Amy helps out a ton uh, with Kai. So <laughs> either way, we'll see what happens. And I'd love to be able to play with you. But um, I th- with that, I think we've covered all the major headlines from today's news. So, Clement, good sir, where could everyone find you at? I am Clement J64 on YouTube. Uh, mostly I play Let's Plays, but I have been doing some video essay type content like my Final Fantasy Retrospective. I started it back in like 2017, and I've been going through all of the main numbered Final Fantasy games. I've just made it to 14. I've done 1 through 13, and that includes 10-2, that includes 13-2, as well as Lightning Returns. So they're nice. all more than an hour long. <laughs> So if you have a lot of time on your hands and you just want to hear a nerd talk about Final Fantasy, <laughs> then uh, there's something for you. We're in a pandemic. I know you're all bored. Come on over. I'm very friendly. I I'm mean, Canadian. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There you go. I mean, ta- listening to a nerd talk about Final Fantasy, that sounds like what YouTube was built for. <laughs> so it's just living up to its potential. Yeah, exactly. But we also have to give a very, by the way, I can't, I cannot recommend that series enough. I love it. I love it to death. I look for it each time, oh, but uh, yeah, I, it's also served as a, a massive inspiration for uh, the series I keep talking about and hopefully we'll have ready soon. Um, but yeah, we'll go from there. But we also have to give a special thanks to all of our patrons, uh, whether you're $1, whether you're uh, extremely generous with the, uh, you know, our biggest tier, it all helps. It all is appreciated. We can't thank you enough. But of course, we have to have a special thanks to our patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. And in addition, a massive, massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And, uh, God, it grew even more since we last looked. Um, so let's get this thing going. Rob, our man X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Adam O'Sullivan, Floating Mew, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kieran Phillips, Benny Yao, Rosa Bowling. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Geller, Shiny Turkey, <laughs> Titus Malvolio. Jake Pelka, Michael Phone, Mitchell Herring, Game Explain, J- uh, Charles Saz, Andrew Medar- Medeiros, Jonathan Belmare, Kitty Kongfax, Patrick Harrison, Scott Barber, Evernight Studio, Rocks the Cat, Loyal Dingo, Azran127, Phantom23, Sean Garrett, Shadow the Cat, Guillaume Monet, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, Orem M, Top Dog23100, West Egg, Master Links, Sean Davis, Deneth, Coda, Lucky Wonderfish, Brandon Bovia, Octopuppet, Charlie Bird, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Michael McCall, Eric Flapjack Ashley, Jackson Jordan, Sky Blue Flames, Young Ben Kenobi, 
Hyrule Hermit, Goron Amber, Joshua Rhodes, <laughs> Hugo J8A, Seth Walker, Dway Macalau, Kenrulay09, Hubi, Marcos Conscious, Wolfblake and Moon Macarons, Demon Kid Zaraki, and our two new executive producers, Sp- Spencer Caddy and Leanne Mustafa. man seeing it all or hearing it all read out like that is so humbling you all like it really is incredible support that we're getting from you is just it's wonderful and i said it's humbling so thank you so much that list has gotten so long gonna kill my voice by the end of this (laughs) right (laughs) but remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gv gaming where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. And until next time, good night and good vibes. Good night, everybody. Bye.